Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. Entrepreneurs, welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. Oh my word, have we got an expert for you today. She is in the studio. She has spent the last 18 years motivating audiences to get out of their comfort zone. She's a corporate trainer. She's delivered on vision, development, confidence, communication, presentation skills, leadership, all the things we're trying to figure out. I'm talking to high-level corporate organizations, UPS, Federal Home Loan, Home Depot, Kroger, Microsoft, Chick-fil-A, the list goes on and on and on. She is here to teach us about how to get stronger in our business, how to be better at all these things. Comes with so much knowledge, experience, coaching, training. Not only that, she's tremendously involved in our community and she started nonprofits, uh, such ingrained in all of the things we believe in and want to get stronger in. Welcome to the podcast, April Follow. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to join. Not even to mention all the other stuff you're doing in our community with Lydia's Place, uh, founder of an awesome nonprofit here in town, contributing in so many different ways. How do you do all this? You know, I thrive in chaos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have came to the right place. Uh, I feel like uh, in the in my space as an entrepreneur and business owner, uh, chaos defines most of my days. And for some reason, I kind of love living there. So it makes it a lot more exciting. It does. It does. Today is going to be super awesome because you're going to teach me a lot about what's changing inside of our business, inside of our workforce, inside of the way things are treated from a team, from an employee uh, standpoint. I know historically it's been more around like consequence and discipline and responsibility and mm-hmm. holding people accountable, but apparently that's not the case anymore. Yeah, there's been a huge change in the workplace, and I can usually tell the trends in business by the things that people would like speakers to come in and talk about. So they're telling me the need, and I begin to see the common denominator. All right, so you're getting a lot of requests for this, and something around recognition for accountability? Is that what what I'm hearing? So for so long in businesses, we were thinking about how do we coach people? How do we give critical feedback? And that is extremely important. But if you think about it and you are riding a horse, if you only pull the horse from the left rein, what happens? It's going to always go left. You spin in a circle, too. That's right. Like, eventually, it's just going to go around and around. Well, if you only coach and give critical feedback to your employees, you're going to spin them in circles. The same thing is true. If you're pulling from the right and you only give positive feedback, they're going to spin in circles. So there's a magic ratio. There's important ways that you can coach people and make them feel appreciated. All right. I like when you use the term magic because I mm. feel like that, that you can quickly fix me and my business issues. So uh, magic sounds easy. Tell me more. Oh, well, teach. Magic ratio is fun. And John Gottman did a study. Uh-huh. And this all took place in 1992, so a while ago. But okay. I like time-tested so, content. Oh, so this has been around a long time. 20, 20 this is not years. some revolutionary new yes. concept. Okay. Now, he came up with a concept of a magic ratio. And it was how often we should speak positively versus how often we should speak negatively. And he went home with the concept first. Okay. So he was saying in a marriage, 
that you need to be able to speak positively versus <laughs> negatively. And he found that the magic ratio is uh, three times, the, I'm sorry, five times that you praise to every one time that you criticize. Oh, boy. Now, I need you to think about that when you oh go home. Oh, boy. So John Gottman gathered up 700 couples who had just received their marriage license, and he asked them for an interview for 15 minutes. He had a mathematician join him, and then he scored the interaction for 15 minutes. It's not very long. No, to determine whether it was a positive or negative interaction. Uh And then based on that 15 minutes, he made a prediction about whether or not the couple would stay together or get a divorce. After 15 minutes? After 15 minutes. He followed up. (laughs) This this is fascinating to me. This stresses me out. I know, I know. (laughs) He followed up 10 years later. And with, based on that 15-minute interaction, he had predicted accurately whether a couple would stay together or get a divorce 94% of the time. Oh, my God. And, Chad, I want to tell you something. I've been divorced, and I'd have given him a lot for 15 minutes to tell me just no, go a different direction, kid. right? Like, <laughs> no history, no background of the Nothing. couple. Nothing. Just observing in 15 minutes. So now this was in a All marriage. Right, so what do we learn from this? Yes. All right. So he said in a marriage, you need to praise five times to every one time that you criticize or give negative feedback. Okay. In the workplace, people come into work and they're expecting a little bit more critical feedback. Okay. So that ratio goes three times that you need to praise to every one time that you criticize. All right. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. I know I am guilty of, I definitely do not praise three times to every one criticism. Most I, people don't. I try to be very careful in being more constructive than criticizing, but it's still, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we're busy. Mm-hmm. Lots going on. We're stressed most of the time. We're living in chaos most yes. of the time during during the day in our business, putting out fires. How do we implement this? Is there a certain strategy you recommend? Is there a certain schedule? Is there a, do we just need to just keep it top of mind and say, hey, just remember before you criticize somebody for doing something wrong or not doing their job, you compliment to find something to compliment. What's the strategy behind this thing? So we have to be careful here. Okay. Um, I was dating a guy once, and I, I, I wanted to feel cherished more. And so I Fair said, enough, you know we all do. Yes. So it was like I never received flowers. I never. There was never this positive feedback. And so after giving him that feedback, he scheduled and had the florist deliver flowers every other Friday. That defeated the purpose completely. And if we're not so brilliant and wrong all at the same time, now I I say that to say (laughs) that we can easily do that with our employees. An example of that. Well, I feel like the magic's going away now. (laughs) This is getting a lot harder all of a sudden. So we have to be careful. For example, employee of the month programs. People think that's a great idea. Well, if you have twelve employees and it's December, you don't feel very good about being employee of the month. (laughs) So we need it to be real and authentic and catch people in the moment more than having policies and procedures around how we praise. All right, that makes sense. God, that's so true. All right, I was looking for the easy answer and and like a lot of things in business, it's just gonna take some work and some effort and some training to get there. It does. Now, Chad, I think you are so relationship oriented. Mm -hmm. And when you have a relationship with people, then praise is so much easier. Mm -hmm. And when you allow conversations to happen authentically, rather than it being so formal. Um, there's a story I've used in classes, and I think it captures an opportunity for praise. A company had, you know, think in the sales environment. Okay. People are always, you know, did I hit my number or did I not? 
there was a client that um, one sales guy had been after for a long, long time. Couldn't get him, couldn't get him. Um, the whole team had kind of collaborated on how they right. might get into this client. Big trophy there. Yeah. Yeah. He finally walked into his boss one day and he and said, I got him. And the boss is like, what, what do you do for this guy? And he happened to be opening a banana at the moment that the guy walked into his office. And he goes, man, I wish I had something to give you to celebrate. And he says, I, I guess I'll just give you this banana. That turned into the company's largest award program, and they <laughs> called it the Golden Banana. <laughs> so, And it became this prized, coveted award. So if we can be real and in the moment with people and just catch them at okay. praising purposefully right then, it goes a long way. As, as business owners, do we overthink this way too much? Or is there like a degree of praise I'm trying to achieve or trying not to criticize too much? Is that... Yes, I think it can become... I think it gets formal or it gets more structured and not yeah. real and truly authentic when we try to... When we try to make it more than it needs to be I another guess. item on the to-do list, yeah. it really has to become a habit. Um, there's someone that I share about frequently, Andrew Carnegie. So think way back, uh-huh. known for um, his work in the steel industry. Very much interested in counting the pounds in life so that he could make money. Um, but most people don't know that he carried five pennies in his pocket every day. And he carried him in his oh, right hand pocket. I've heard this before. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. I don't remember and the story. So he was working on this five to one ratio before it was even a thing. And so during the day, as he praised people, he would move the pennies from the, his right hand pocket to his left. And he was always making it a goal to get all the pennies to the left hand side. Mm-hmm. If he ever had to coach someone, he moved all the pennies back to the right hand side and started over. Oh, now you can imagine, brilliant. yeah, if you can imagine after a while, you don't have to have the pennies yeah, because just, it becomes you're right. it becomes habit who you are how you treat people uh-huh. yeah. so you got you do need some level of structure accountability tracking maybe in the beginning mm-hmm. and then you're building the habits to be able to do that and i'm guessing if probably what happens i'm guessing is that 3 to 1 starts turning into 5 to 1 or 10 to 1 and it it is now i need to caution you chad cuz you like to go over the top sometimes with things so so let me throw out a word of wisdom here um, gotten and discovered that there is also a pollyanna effect that happens when you praise too much most of us are not anywhere near this but if you praise more than 13 times to every one time you coach people no longer take you seriously Ah, so there is that magic there's number. No, they don't feel there's a consequence or accountability they had to abide by. They're gonna get praised. Uh, well, and at that in point too, ways. you're pulling only from the right. You know, you need your horse to be able to go forward, and so. All right, so you you trained major corporations on mm-hmm. on things like this. How did you get into this? How did all this start for you? Have you always been interested in? kind of the workforce dynamic or so this started when i was eight and i had my baby dolls lined up on a couch and my mom was practicing becoming a dale carnegie instructor and so she would practice teaching me the classes and we were her students no way (laughs) this has been like a lifelong like calling for you i took my first dale carnegie class when i was 14 what and every, this is amazing. It was so so wild. Everyone in the room was talking about business and how they were going to become better at their business, and I clearly did not have a business to talk about. So they're building a relationship with their boss or their administrative assistant, and I'm like, I think I'll get better at my relationship with my kid brother. <laughs> 
this is phenomenal. And so it started there and just continued to grow and guide you through a career in training corporations and executives. And it did. Being the top in your field, obviously what you love to do. When I was 14 and I took my first class, we had just done a whole session on vision development. Uh And I walked up to the instructor, who is one of my heroes in this business, and he became my boss. Um, and I tapped him on the shoulder. There's a really tall guy named Ursel Charles. Uh-huh. And I tapped him on the shoulder. And I said, someday I'm going to be a Dale Carnegie instructor just like you. And he looked and he kind of <laughs> had this big magical grin. And he says, you know, yeah, go to school first and, you know, come back and see me. And he was the person who hired me to come back and do this um, full time for years. I don't do it anymore every day, but for a full um for a, a great career. And really fun fact, my mom came back and was my assistant as I was teaching classes. Oh my God, so this is we amazing. Roles. <laughs> I love it. And now you do it just kind of on a contract basis? I do it on a contract. Actually, I don't work with Dale Carnegie at all anymore. It's just me. Just you. So okay. I get the Consulting, opportunity. coaching, going That's in, right. speaking, talking. Yes. Um, everything from large corporations to small businesses, or is it still just solely around the corporate side of things? So I enjoy working with large corporations, but I really enjoy working with individuals as well as they look Uh, at how they're going to communicate their messaging and tell their story. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Do you miss the life of the corporate world of on a day-to-day basis, or are you loving kind of your balance now? Do you know, I absolutely loved teaching the classes and meeting so many people every week but I love getting to pace myself now and do the work that really is intentional Um, and I love getting to cater my work to the company and exactly what they need that's really cool have you always been pulled to the kind of need of community and nonprofit space or is that something that just kind of happened over time so I got my degree in public relations that was before there was a nonprofit degree okay and I will say that my entire goal was to work in the nonprofit world by day and teach Dale Carnegie classes at night oh no way literally that was my goal So um, I was doing that. I was working in volunteer services, and I was teaching Dale Carnegie classes at night. Very good at achieving your goals, by the way. (laughs) It's so interesting how it came. I do believe when you can say it out loud and you you call out a vision, you can can really step into it. So um, I started teaching so many nights a week that really my world's flip-flopped. Okay. And I ended up uh, doing a lot more corporate training. And then as... I went out on my own doing more training and speaking. Mm-hmm. I, it, it allowed me the time to go back and do nonprofit and start Lydia's Place. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So when you speak now, obviously this is a hot topic, the, the recognition for accountability. Mm-hmm. Is this – are we doing this in the business world right now or in, or in general to – maintain teams and employees? Are we doing it to get better performance? Are we doing it because it's the right thing to do from a leadership position? What's the main motivation of why this is such a hot topic right now? I would say for most um, leadership teams, Uh a huge issue right now is retaining employees. Absolutely. The number one reason that people leave their job is because they don't feel appreciated. Not money, not my boss is a jerk. Appreciation. So I'm glad you asked that. So a lot of times people question, why can't I get a job? Because they keep saying I'm overqualified. People often don't hire for someone who's overqualified, not because they wouldn't love to have those credentials on their team, but rather because they assume they may leave. So they don't want to put the money and the, training and time into somebody that's correct. going to overqualify and going to leave anyway. So with that said, if okay. someone has taken a job that's truly underneath their credentials, then, then they might leave and go looking for money. 
Mm-hmm. But for someone who's working in a job that is where they belong, typically they do not find themselves on Indeed hunting a new job unless they don't feel appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, so let's talk about appreciation for a second. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm getting better, but this is truly where I struggle um, as a leader, as a CEO of a company. I I am, it's no secret, I'm a numbers guy, I'm a money guy. Sure. I am motivated by money. Mm-hmm. So that's a carrot I can dangle and I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. I, I can quantify people's value in dollars to an organization, to a company, to the time they're spending and the benefit they're providing. And so it's easy for me to reward people with money and honestly create an environment where people can just make more money with us than they can almost anywhere else. Um, and, and let me stop you right there. They like that. Money is always a right motivator. people <laughs> like that. Yes. Um, I try, and I've been criticized for this um, from a, a really important part of our team that left and took another job. That's kind of my only way I know how to motivate or I know sure. how to incentivize. And so I had somebody leave about a year ago, and it, it kind of changed my mindset and really changed how I'm trying to handle things now moving forward. But he told me when he was had an exit interview, and I'm like, you know, what's, I thought things were great. You know, what's... What's the deal? Is it more money? And it was like, I respect the courage to say this. You know, in that situation, he was like, no, it's really you. And I was like, wow. Ooh, all right. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said, my biggest issue is you try to treat everybody the same. Mm -hmm. You try to manage everybody the same. And I'm like, I thought that was like what you're supposed to do. Sure, like, sure. Be fair and, you know, have the same bar for everybody and reward everybody the sure. same way with money and metrics. And But that seems to not be the case. And so now I'm learning, obviously, through this, yeah. recognition and appreciation is more important than money. But do you treat everybody the same? Do you reckon everybody the same? Or is it different for every single person? Now, Chad, you lead me to a story. Let's do it. <laughs> so Teach me. Uh, this is not my story. It's okay. a story that I heard through teaching these classes and meeting people. I can't um, imagine the amount of stories you have, by the way. Oh, it's incredible. I 18 mean, years, I, 20 years. I really do yeah. meet the coolest people. <laughs> there was a company that gave away an annual sales award every year to the top salesperson. Mm-hmm. That's not that unique. A lot of companies sure. do that, and it does drive results. But one guy won the award and had done phenomenal in his sales. Um, when they brought him on stage, he was visibly angry that they had gone over all of his all of the numbers that he had driven over the year. Oh, boy. Okay. So, you can imagine the angst of human resources as they're preparing the awards recognition the following year and the same man wins the same award. Like, what do we do? <laughs> right? So he obviously does not want to be treated like everyone else because sure. most salespeople would like to be called on stage Love and it. go yeah. through all of their numbers. That is recognition to me. Yes. That is screams recognition. To someone who is money or numbers driven. Okay. So this man, um, they're trying to think how do we recognize him? And the person who was preparing the award decided they better do something different this year than go over the numbers again. Mm -hmm. And so called his wife and said, he's won this award. Could you keep this quiet? We'd like to give him recognition, but we want to do something that means a lot to him. And through talking with his wife, they realized how important his family was. And no one knew all the things he was doing outside of work. He was coaching his kids' teams. He was involved in all of their school activities, in addition to being a phenomenal salesman. 
And so they came up with a different award, and they had a portrait taken of his family. When they presented the award in front of the company that year, they went through the numbers just like they did the year before. But then they said, what we'd like to tell you about is about the man behind the numbers. They oh, unveiled the photograph. That's like chills. Yeah. It's really cool. And then they said, let us tell you about who he is away from work. Same man wins the same award. The one who was angry last year, the same man is brought to tears just because they presented it slightly differently. Oh, wow. And that so it really, really is. puts it in perspective. It really is about recognizing the individual for what's important to them. Okay. So I have some questions. That's really, I mean, that that's touching, and I totally see that. For some of us as leaders, just being honest and frank, we're just bad at that. Mm-hmm. We're bad at seeing that. Mm-hmm. We're bad at doing that. We're bad at taking the time to even think through anything like that. You hear the whole focus on your strengths, hire out your weaknesses. As a leader, as a business owner, do we need to get better at that? Or do you hire somebody to like notice and do those kind of things? How do you actually, when the rubber meets the road, how do you treat people that way? And how do you make sure that happens? So there's a place for both. Okay. In every company, there's someone who that's their passion. They love recognizing people. So it yes. doesn't even have to be a big company. Sure. It can just be the person in the co- in, in, on the team who always remembers everyone's birthday. That's oh, your person. It doesn't have to be their mm-hmm. job. It right. Just, yeah. That's just your person. Sure they are. Yeah. So okay. if they already enjoy it, let them run with it right. and give them an opportunity. If it's a larger company, certainly that's built into structures to give awards and to recognize people more mm-hmm. formally. But we really need both. So even if it's not your strong suit... Mm-hmm. It may be that you need someone not to give the praise for you or the recognition for you, but you may need someone to prompt it, to remind you. So, for uh, example, the person who always remembers birthdays, that's great. Yeah. give them a budget to get the cake every time. You're a part of the celebration, but it's not one more thing on your to-do list. I like that. In terms of recognizing employees, I would say it's so important to find your style. Because if you suddenly go out and you just start praising people and doing all this, people are going to wonder what happened to you, right, if you do it differently. So it's looking for your style. Um, all right. So there's a balance in that, yeah. figuring out how to make it work. I like, yeah, that makes it sound much easier when you think about incorporating somebody that's already doing that or wanting to do that. Either let them handle it or help remind you when to do it and, mm-hmm. and how to do it on some of those cases. Yeah, I like that a lot. That, that definitely helps me and kind of gives me some ideas and how to handle some things like so, that. So, Chad, one thing that m- might be helpful for you to know is that uh-huh. most people aren't really good at this. That makes me feel better. And so, that definitely makes me feel better. In fact, Gallup does all these polls, and one of the right. things they realized is that um, th- one statistic that they pulled in is that 65% of the American workforce said that they received no recognition last year. 65%? Meaning they received none. So, so if we could do better than that, set really low. Then we'd be all right. All right. I could do that. I feel like I'm not operating in the non level. I mean, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. So is so when we look at some things we're following from a business concepts right now, some really popular ways that people are structuring their business, EOS, traction. Mm-hmm. We run traction right now in our office um, here at the tax firm. It's all built around like weekly scorecard, mm-hmm. weekly accountability, a weekly, sure. you know, IDS. It's not built around any recognition. Sure. Is that sort of dated now? Does that need to shift? 
So one of the things, my hero in all of this, Ursel, had a quote okay. that he would always say, and it's something to consider. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Ah, so if there's something on that right. scorecard that you're trying to see more of, that's what you need to recognize and reward. See, all right, this is all right. This is where I'm bad. This is pointing out a lot of flaws. I'm using the scorecard as almost public accountability, public consequence. If you don't hit your metrics or you don't do it, and that's probably quite a detriment to what's successful and sure. rewarding or recognition. So, if you point. praise people publicly, other people look around and be like, "Wow, that's really looks like that's important. Maybe I should try that." And okay, all right, but back to all right. I'm challenging you a little bit on this. I want you I, to because I'm trying to figure this sure. out now. Um, and I'm like the case study over here. So back to everybody being managed the same or managed different. The guy mm-hmm. winning the award. Do some people truly prefer the? Hey, I don't like to lose. I want to stay away from the consequence. Why some people truly Absolutely. just want to win, just want to be recognized. So do you got to figure out the personalities in the room of who to really motivate with consequence and and discipline, and who to motivate with reward and recognition? Yes, you can't do everybody the same. <sighs> this is getting so hard. <laughs> it makes it tricky. What I think is really people, easy to do. Okay, you, all right. You teach want, me easy. Give some praise to someone. Do it one way. And watch their face. And if it doesn't light up, then you hit the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Try another. Okay. And then mix it up. For example, I think in any business right now, there's a stigma with CCing or BCing and how you copy other people on an email. <laughs> I didn't know that. And it is, extremely, another it is extremely annoying when you get blind copied and then the person tells you, oh, well, I knew about something that you didn't know they knew. Here's a neat idea. Send a praise to someone by email and copy them on it or blind copy them oh. on it. So we're used to that happening in a negative I don't connotation. Think I've ever sent a praise email in my whole life. Do it positively. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Praise someone on purpose. I took that a different direction. So okay. you mentioned me working in nonprofit. Uh-huh. About a year ago, our nonprofit went through leadership change. And I was asking our board to work an unbelievable amount of hours. Uh, So we're all in the trenches. We're all jumping in. And everybody Mm -hmm. was willingly doing it. Mm -hmm. But there's just only a finite amount of times you can say thank you that mean anything. And so I realized that not only were the volunteers giving a lot of their time, but their families were giving a lot of time for them to be away from them. Yeah. And so I had written thank you notes. I had thanked them in person. I tried something different, and I wrote a few thank you notes to the families and said, hey, I wanted to tell you what an impact this person is making. Do you think the person I was writing about read the card eventually? Absolutely. But it wasn't something they needed to go home and brag about. I already said what they were doing. Yes. And And it took the pressure off at home. Now, did everybody need that kind of praise? No. Uh, Some people responded differently to it than others. And you can't do it for everyone because then they're like, well, April wrote a note to everybody on the board. But you (laughs) change it up. You try and you look for the thing that makes that person's face light up and that makes it meaningful because you're not doing the same thing over and over and over with the same people thinking about you in a busy busy work environment Mm -hmm. one way you could do that is hey would you like to grab lunch for someone recognition may mean just a little bit of time with you yeah makes sense sometimes i've had uh, that's been a criticism of me before is when things haven't worked out or younger staff they're like you know i thought it was you were going to be more time like mentoring me or spending time and 
Sometimes it's, yeah. hey, I ran over to Starbucks, leaving a, the coffee you know that they drink on their desk. Mm-hmm. It's just changing it up a good bit so that Makes you sense. help the other person feel important. All right. This is starting to sound more easy and magical. Chad, again. I'm going to give you one last thing that you ought to remember. Uh, bad bosses, so people who don't give praise yeah. or people who are negatively perceived in their office, um, can give their employees a 33% higher risk of stroke. What? <laughs> if you want your employees I'm to, like not, only, to not only stay with you, Literally. but to stay alive, oh it's important that we lower their level of stress in the workplace. All right. So publicly confessing right now, I have never had anybody had a stroke inside Wonderful. of my office. So you're so doing we something got, right. we catching this on the front end. <laughs> right. Thank God I hire younger staff right now. <laughs> All right, this is interesting stuff, and this is extremely valuable and helpful. Um, in, in a challenging environment right now where I feel like we have such a limited um, uh, market when it comes to to staffing and especially from a manager and executive level or layers of, of leadership, um, finding people that's willing to come on board and buy into what you're doing or mm-hmm. just finding people that's a good fit in general, this this helps when you do find somebody or you do currently have people how to value and how to recognize and some of the different ways to do that and that's for me this is this is big and i love the i need for my personality i really like the action the three to one the Mm -hmm. like i can mentally kind of track that and i can mentally i'm good at if i know metrics if i know numbers back to the numbers i'm like Three to one, three to one. Let me make sure I do that every day. And that kind of changes my approach of how I handle things. Well, and even if you don't get to the three to one, if you just start to turn the tide. Yeah, just start making a shift. 65% is none. I can beat that. Yes, absolutely. And there are people who are just competitive. Hey, I want to beat the numbers. You know, that's what I was sitting here thinking. It was kind of bouncing around in my head, like from a business standpoint, I know from revenue we're competitive mm-hmm. with goals i want to hit two million dollars i want to hit x amount i want to beat my competitor but how often are we like being competitive of not being a bad boss or being an average boss or being one of the sure. i'm like that's a whole other way to kind of be competitive and approach it is like you know i don't i don't want to give people strokes sure i want to figure out a way to retain that my three people. to one that five to one like mm-hmm. have some metrics around retaining and recognizing i love it and i'm sure you know just like everything it just continues to build and change who you are and build more meaning from relationships what else do we need to know well as we talk about the change that's happening in the workplace Uh so post-covid it's known the term the great resignation so people leaving their job and as we look at that change i've started out talking about horses today (laughs) my my family has definitely entered into the world of horses now and a daughter who's riding um there is a theory that is called the jackass theory and I think it kind of sums this sounds up. sounds really my speed here. I think it sums up what we need to know here. And that is that for years and years, employers thought of the stick. How do I get my employees? How do I hit them hard enough with my words, with punishment, with criticism, mm-hmm. with driving a hard line? And so we're basically, if you think about a jackass, we're hitting it with a stick. And now if you look at a shift, it's how do I pull them along with a carrot or an apple? And are there times you still have to go hit them with a stick? Absolutely. Uh, With our horses, I have to tell them when they have bad behavior. On the other hand, if I don't reward them for positive behavior, I I miss the opportunity to show them what's right. Okay. 
And so that example, which man did paint such a perfect picture of kind of knowing how to approach this thing, you want to give three apples to every one use of the stick, yes. or try to probably avoid using the stick altogether. But again, you got to balance both, and depending on the personality of, just like horses or jackasses. That animal has a personality, and different ones have to be treated different ways. And, and let's be very clear here, because I've had people tell me I came to take your nice classes. <laughs> I, I am about getting results. I love it. And so yes. as much as I'm about a carrot or an apple, there is a time when we have to bring out the stick. And that is not hitting an employee. It may be giving them critical feedback. Sure. Because people also crave that. Mm-hmm. They crave the opportunity to do good. And if they don't know what they're doing wrong, then they can't do right. And so in no way am I minimizing the need to coach. I'm adding in the need to give recognition. I love it. And and you talk about being about results and being results-based. I, I love that. And that segues perfect into the most important part of this episode, my favorite part of the Stronger yes. Business podcast, what we call our max out moment, the tactical things we can implement the number one thing if you could leave our audience with one thing that would equal results something they could walk away and implement this weekend from a results-based approach what would be the one takeaway that you would tell everybody our listeners out there hey if you don't do anything else do this and it could be something we already talked about it could be something completely different it could be go read a book it could be go follow somebody what would advice would you give as go, a max out moment go buy a stack of index cards uh-oh. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Why? You've got me pulled in here. So I do exercises with teams where uh-huh. I teach how to give praise. All right, so hold on a second because we got a lot of young listeners. I'm not even sure they know what index cards are. I know. It's like the little three by five. Like. And so it's less expected. <laughs> All right. It's like getting a handwritten thank you card. When does that happen? All right, so we, so we go by index yes. cards. What do we do next? And then as you're looking at the index cards, I want you to look around and think of some things you wish you would see more in your company. So I wish people would be more timely. I wish people worked with urgency. Okay. I wish people would bring us new clients. I wish that they would clean up their mess in the kitchen. Sounds pretty easy. So you write that at the top of the index card. Then I want you to think of somebody who's doing it well. Mm. Praise them for it and watch other people follow suit. Oh, that's so good because for so many of us, we only see the people doing it wrong. There's five people doing it at a, at a high level and one person doing it wrong, and all our frustration and attention is around the one person doing it wrong. Certainly. And also, a next step to that is go look around your office and look for the people who are often underappreciated. They're usually not the squeaky wheel. They're not the one who complains all the time. They just consistently do a good job. And they get ignored because they do a good job, and they're in the corner working away providing value. Write their name on the card and give them a piece of one compliment. What would you tell them that they do really well? And think of a time. Write it down and give it to them. Or if you don't want to hand out index cards because you think you might look old by being dated with a paper, (laughs) write it so that you mentally prepare. And when the opportunity comes up, tell them. I love this. I am like seriously going out tomorrow and buying index cards and going to implement this. Mm, that's easier than carrying around pennies in my pocket. So it's I a like great that. tool. What an awesome max out moment and an amazing tactical piece of advice of things you can do right now 
to change who you are as a leader, to change who you are inside of your business with the people. And this this doesn't have to be team members. This this is a pot of customers. It could a pot of vendors. You can take this. You do it in your household, in your family. There's so many different ways to do this. I love it. Absolutely. It builds just success and value and relationships and everywhere we go. I'm so grateful for your time. I know you're, you charge crazy amounts of money to go teach this. And for you to be able to share it with our audience and share it on the podcast is amazing. You have so many more things we can learn from. So I'm not letting you off the hook saying this is going to be the end of your podcast career with the Strong Business Podcast. <laughs> well, so, thank you for having me here today, Chad. I learn from you as I listen, oh, and I'm thankful to be a part. We're going to have you back. Where can people find you? Where can they follow? How can they get connected with Lydia's Place? Tell us where to go. Sure. They can go to um, lydias-place.com okay. to learn more about how we're helping foster youth mm-hmm. and those who've experienced homelessness. And you can follow me at aprilfarlow.com. Pretty All simple. Right. So here's something cool, too. We're going, we're going to do two max out points on this mm. episode. So okay. one of them is obviously how to apply some of the things we talked about today. Mm-hmm. The other is going to be kind of my wheelhouse. How do you save on your taxes? And we're going to bring this all together here through Lydia's Place through some things y'all are doing and, and lobbying and some sure. members of our leadership here in the state of Georgia. You've been able to get a tax credit for donating to Lydia's Place. Any of our listeners who are in Georgia and have any sort of tax liability or any sort of Georgia tax burden, you can now donate to Lydia's Place. Keep the money inside of our local community. Go to help kids. Go to help so much that's going on what y'all are building and get a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. I mean, this is the difference in sending your money to Atlanta and letting it get distributed out however it wants to get spent or sending your money here to Lydia's Place and getting the exact same dollar-for-dollar it's tax an, benefit. We are so thankful for this opportunity and um, would love for people to partner with us for the tax purpose and for helping our mission. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That excites me. Anytime we can, I mean, that's a win on so many levels. So inside of our community, we can win. On our taxes, we can win. Inside of our company, through recognition, we could win. There's, I mean, so many takeaways today. And they can find that at Lydia's Place. They can find it going to the website, following Lydia's Place on Instagram. Yes. We've done a couple of videos together. Sure. And so I'm excited to continue to spread that message and uh, just want to thank you for being with us today and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge and, and teaching us all the things that you've uh, been able to do to, to change corporations and change lives. Thank you so much, Chad. Awesome. And then we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. We're excited to come to you again next week with more tools and tactics to help you get stronger in your business and in your life. Check us out on Instagram at Stronger Business or follow us uh, on our website at StrongerBusiness.com. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll see you next week.